right. Welcome to the You Bet Smart podcast. We changed the name of the podcast. It's no longer Sports Betting with Jake and Scott. Jake is dead. We got no, him. just kidding. He's still here. <laughs> uh, it's the You Bet Smart podcast. Uh, Jake, I hope we get the... Um, the the artwork for the podcast up in time because we're changing the name we're changing the name with or without the the artwork what do you guys think i think the artwork is awesome it was my idea i'm the one that sent it over but i think uh it's gonna be awesome i don't want to say what it's gonna be because i kind of want to send it out to everyone because i think they're gonna be (laughs) if you're a fan of like 90s video games you're gonna know nba jam You Dang. said it. You were supposed <laughs> to say it. We can cut it out. We'll cut that out. No, I'll keep it in. <laughs> we'll let, okay, we'll keep it in. All right. We'll, they won't know what that means. We'll see it. I think that everybody's going to see it when they click on the episode anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is a really cool idea. Um, hopefully that's ready to go. We got our guy sending us the first draft tomorrow morning. Um, but yeah, welcome to the You Bet Smart podcast. First and foremost, we're going to do the $10,000 bankroll. We have a special episode again. It's every episode seems to be special. I keep on saying that. This episode, we're going to do another UFC episode. It's not special. We're going to go over UFC 287. And then we also have Mailbag with Matt later on. And uh, we got some other stuff too. First, $10,000 bankrolls. Jake, how is your bankroll doing? My bankroll started at ten thousand. Uh, I'm up ten thousand six hundred and forty-two. So my ten thousand dollar bankroll is now twenty thousand six hundred and forty-two for a one hundred and six percent ROI. And that's only in one quarter, too. Yeah, exactly. Mine is up twenty-three thousand, uh, just under twenty-three thousand. So my bankroll's at thirty-three thousand. Fuck yeah! So that makes our twenty thousand dollar bankroll. At about fifty four thousand, somewhere around there. Yeah. So we are five uh, percent on our way to the mission to a million. There you go, one step closer. Yeah, in three months, and we got five years to do it. All right, that's the bankroll. Let's get into UFC. Everybody's really excited. Everybody wants to talk about the UFC. Um, but first, let's talk about the last episode that we did. I think four or five episodes ago. And we talked about UFC 285. We made predictions on that. So let's go over the predictions. Um, chime in when you guys remember something about the fight or if you want to talk about the fight. Let's, we'll, I'll go through the first fight right now. Um, and I'll go through each fight and tell you how we did. We were a little unclear about some stuff. I kind of like narrowed it down. I listened to the last podcast. I narrowed it down to what... I thought we really wanted, Mm -hmm. but we were a little wishy-washy on our bets, but I'll go over them and then see if it like rings a bell. So the first one was an obvious one. It was Bo Nickel. He was minus 1500. Um, uh, In that one, we all originally just picked Bo Nickel, obviously, but then Jake, you had a good bet on yours. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I thought that there was value in a specific... uh type of victory and i thought it submission yeah i thought it was either submission or knockout and knockout i believe was plus 150 and submission was roughly minus 150 and parish ended up bringing up that the submission would be a good value because instead of doing a minus whatever 1400 or plus he, he got minus 150 
It was really cool. You guys like col- you like you guys collaborated in real time. So Jake, you like brought up actually the knockout TKO, TKO at plus one fifty, and then uh, that's why I wanted to bring up a clip because Parrish, you go, you just like with a straight face, you're like, yeah, but it's gonna be a submission, <laughs> and just like I, I can imagine that you were just like mad dogging Jake, and then and then I think Chris, you brought up. Uh, why, why don't you combine those and see what it is? And it ended up being minus 160 for just a knockout or a submission. I think that's what you were just saying. And then you like you guys collaborated in picking that as the bet and that won. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, I you got to count all those as a win. That's kind of what you guys got together um, and did. The point was that you can't even touch Bo Nickel at that price, the original value. The, the line was so... Out of, out of control, but we were able to find a little bit of value on a more obscure bet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the next one, it was uh, Turner versus Gamrot, and this is the only one that you lost, Parrish. You yeah. went with Turner, on the, and I think that was an underdog, right? He was slightly in a little bit of my bias got uh, exposed there because I've seen, he trains at my gym a little bit, and I've seen him train. I, when you see people in person train in front of you, you sometimes you get a little bit more in their camp. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you witness, I see it in person, that looks really good. I don't I don't get to see the other guy fight, you know, or, yeah. or train rather. And it's, uh, I don't know, maybe I got a little bit too emotional with that, but I, I don't think it was that bad of a call. It was a really close fight. He just lost a takedown battle, and I think that's what the rest held on to. That's what I was going to ask. I didn't watch it, but I was watching on my phone. But from what I remember, it was a close fight, right? Oh, yeah. It wasn't he dropped like, him. Yeah. He, he dropped him. He was like in on him. He just... That guy's a that guy's a hardcore wrestler. And if you look at... He's a chain wrestler, too. So when, when one of his um, attempts doesn't work out, he'll move on to doing another technique immediately. And it was so. probably a good value bet, too, because you're getting good odds. I think it was at plus 160. Yeah, or something I'll, like that. In my in my mind at the time, I thought it was more of a a fifty fifty fight. So, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I, you know, you win them, you lose them. He also, um, what was I saying? What was I thinking? Um, he also, uh come back to it. Well, that so, fight had I was gonna say that fight had good EV plus. I just learned about that term this week. <laughs> Shout out to our friends in Vegas. <laughs> Did you have something, Jake? Yeah, I was going to say that I that had mean? Gamrot winning by decision on that one. And that was one of my only calls. Yeah, that you had. That was the one of the only ones that you had a straight up bet. Yeah. Because you had a lot of those. You found a lot of cool bets yeah, exactly. in the in the like the weeds exactly. of the of the card. And that was the one that you won. So, I mean. I, I put it down that you lost the first one, but really, if you if you listen back, you did kind of agree with Parrish that it should be that minus 160. So we'll just say that you both won that first one. And then, Parrish, you're down now. Yeah, don't, don't worry, you might come back. It happens. Uh, the next one was pretty straightforward. It was uh, Rachmanov. Rachmanov, uh, you guys both... No, I'm sorry. Uh Parrish, you said that Rachmanov was going to win. That was straight up. And then, Jake, do you remember that tricky bet that you had? I had Shavkat winning by decision. He got it. No, it actually got stopped right before the end. Otherwise, yeah, that's right. Just barely missed that one. I almost one. got that one. Hmm. And th- I think that was a good value bet, but it was just like, that was unlucky. That's right. He did get stopped. And then this is the big one. This is what, like, 
separated all the statistics was the Grasso fight. Grasso came in at, I mean, you could have got it in, in a lot of different, uh, um, value. There was plus 450. I think it started at plus 450, but then it ended at like plus 600. I, yeah, I saw it at least plus 530. Okay. You, at least. Yeah. And, and Parrish, you, you nailed that underdog. I, I appreciate it. Um, it was one of those ones where I was, I think we were talking about it last time. There's a lot of girls coming up in that division that are going to be big trouble for Valentina. If it wasn't going to be her, it was, it might've been someone else. So it just, she's getting older and the younger girls are catching up, you know, it's a matter of time. Yeah. And I think that that was her sixth fight that Grasso had at that weight and that, and she won it. She's six and zero now. So she's the now champion of that weight class. Um, I wonder, do you guys see it? Well, we're going to get into a little bit in the future, but, um, at the end of this episode, but I wonder if, uh, there's anybody that can, is going to be a good matchup for her in the future. I think they'll rematch personally. You think it'll be a rematch. Okay. I don't really, I don't know, honestly about how the UFC is going to operate. They do some crazy shit. So it'll be, I don't know. I, Jake could be right. She deserves it. She's yeah. been champ for a while. I, she's she right. minus seven thirty, and Parrish is like, "Oh, I like the other girl." <laughs> that just shows how big of an upset was. That I was. don't know. The UFC has a long history of disrespecting their marquee stars. Look what they did to Demetrius Johnson and stuff like that. Once that guy lost, they shipped him out and traded him for Ben Askren. That worked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in that fight, that was where I went wrong. I picked uh, uh, Shvinko to win that one just straight up and i think i mean you got to count it as a minus 650 loss that put me in the negative um i won't go over my bets though but jake you kind of uh padded that loss with one of those bets that you found do you remember the bet that you had on that one i don't see it on my notes to be honest it was shvenko by decision so instead of losing six hundred and fifty dollars and instead with uh winning a hundred dollars on that bet yeah it was plus 175 so so in my stats i lost six hundred and fifty dollars but you only lost a hundred yeah so that's like an interesting way that you can like find those bets so you're not exposed too much on risk hedge yeah yep it's a it's a great uh i i all the bets that you picked out i thought that was a really smart way of doing it because there was heavy favorites yeah i kind of feel like uh, it's almost plain uh, to your point of fading the fanatics. Whenever there's a really big name fighter, the fans are all going to jump on him at the last minute. Everybody knows Shevenko. I didn't really personally know Grasso. I watched her briefly before the fight. But if you're going to see two fighters and you you got you want to put money on the fight, you're you're more likely going to take the the big name person, the one you know. And I feel like the public does that, and they. I feel like if, if there's going to be value, it's going to be on the underdog for UFC. I feel like you're going to have to play the fading the fanatics uh, role. Yeah, so you look for an underdog. So you, if, if you still believe in the favorite, you look for an underdog bet for that favorite. Yeah, either take the underdog or take the favorite with a more specific way of winning. So Okay, well, let's move on to the other one. That was the fight of the night. It went by fast. I took the underdog. You guys both took Jones, even though all of the public, speaking of fading the fanatics, all of the public was on Jones, but you guys still went with him and uh, it wasn't even a fight. What do you guys think of that fight? When, 
Excuse me. Um, it went how I thought it would. Um, well, not not that quickly, actually. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. But um, I thought eventually he would use his wrestling on him because there's no point in going toe-to-toe with elite strikers. It makes no sense. And when you're – John Jones is a, a pretty cerebral guy. He's not going to put himself – expose himself to shit like that. You know, it doesn't make – it makes no tactical sense. You know, so when he got him up against a cage like that and he was he had his chest on him, I'm like, oh, here we go. I thought – I think my prediction was for him to stop to stop him because John Jones won't really fish for submissions. Cause he'll he'll sooner beat he'll just as beat you up as he would submit you. He'll take whatever you give him. But when he got him down to the fence with the front headlock, he just sat on his chest. And that, to me, it seemed like Gone gave up. He's like, I'm not going to win this fight because that if you look at how he had the arm underneath his neck, there wasn't a whole lot of torque yet being delivered. He didn't even get up on his chest uh, and like lift up with his knees. You know. He does it. There was not a lot of leverage yet. He just had his chest pressure on him, and I think he wanted out of that ring. He's like, "Give me my money, get me out of here." <laughs> Do you think it was like a neck crank kind of thing, or it looked a little bit? He had him kind of twisted when he was doing it. But if you look at the other hand, wasn't very much involved yet. Like he was, he was starting to do it, but it wasn't enough. You know, I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall. I don't need to eat some kind of weird injury to my neck. He's like, "Get me out of here." I think that it's. Um it was a mental game. And Jones, when you watch that, you see that the reason why Jones is the goat is because he just like handles the mental game very well. He, he, and I think that's what happened. I think, um, Cyril gone realized that within like a minute. And he was like, I, I'm not, this isn't my league. I'm not. And he kind of, he kind of did give up. It looked like he gave up at some point. Yeah. He kind of, it's like taking the helium out of a balloon, right? Yeah. And once he got him to the ground, he's like, "Oh wow, this guy's stronger and heavier than I thought." And when you're kind of when you, I know people can't see me on camera right now, but if somebody has you up against the wall and they're leaning over like the top of your back, starting to crank your neck, you're kind of choking yourself with your chin. And, that, and then, as Jake said, like you start rotating the arm through, you start neck cranking him. I think it was just like very uncomfortable and it, well, I don't think there was really much of a choke in I think it was more of like this guy might try to break my neck kind of shit <laughs> you know and he and he would he would too he I could would it be and it'd be gone's fault because if you let him go that far and you don't tap it's not his problem yeah absolutely yeah well let's get to the numbers to see what you guys did now I'm basing this off of hundred dollar bets so Jake if I give you that first bet, if you went on and did the KO plus submission at minus 160, you'd end up at plus 160. So uh, it's in the positive. And then Parrish, I mean, you you called the big underdog with Grasso and you ended up at plus 650. I'll take it. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> winning $650 on $100 bets is, uh, that's that's great. What'd you, what'd you I, end up at? I ended up at minus 200. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, the guy you had on earlier, Matt, he was saying like, he was saying some weird, not weird stuff, but he was actually making a lot of sense where it's like the lines don't update for these things for a reason when he was talking about some of his hockey bets. The UFC sometimes doesn't update their lines properly for these fighters. Like she should have never been that much of an underdog. That was more than nostalgia of what Shevchenko has done in their past career. People weren't looking at um, Grasso as a real threat, and it was completely unwarranted. I think it's the same thing with those hockey bets that we'll hear about a little bit later on, is that 
it's it's done by computers. These lines are done by computers, and the computers they just see the stats. So they see Shvenko's numbers. She's like the defending champion six times over, and they see all these stats, and they come up with a number. And then they might adjust it with a human, but they don't adjust it too much. It's it's basically adjusted off of who's betting on which side after the computer does it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can find an edge. Like like with those hockey bets that we'll hear about and like with this fight is you know you put the human element into it and that's where you find an edge. Yep. Which is interesting because it's a little bit different from what we do at You Bet Smart is we try to take the human element out of it. We try to just do it with robots and then we also bring a human element at the end but with mma it might actually be more important to have knowledge on it rather than being robotic because there's not a lot of data there's no data it's less data than football and football doesn't have a lot of data i think that's i agree with that i think that's actually the biggest problem and on top of that these guys aren't fighting this is actually the biggest problem think about it these guys are probably fighting at what two three at best four times a year that's not you're not going to get a lot it'll take you years and years by the time that guy's done with his career you're going to have proper data on this fucking guy yeah. and that's a big ass problem you and, know and also it's a fight these people are fighting for their like quote unquote lives it's not football or basketball or baseball where, you know, you end the day and unless you have like a, a, a weird injury that happens, you're all right. You're fighting for your life. You could die in that ring. So it's probably very hard to figure out exactly what a lion is going to be <clears throat> on a fight. You never know until it, it, they get into that ring and see what's going to happen. And that Grasso one was perfect because she was getting her kind of her butt kicked a little bit in that fight right well, she, she was is, losing she has a she was in there with a a high high uh marquee kickboxer so yeah. of course she's gonna have a you have to think about the stylistic differences too you had a, a high um a really high tier kickboxer versus a pretty good amateur boxer so uh, even stylistically how they how they strike is even a little bit different because she's more kick uh valentina's more kick heavy and the other girl obviously wants to use the hands you know yeah, it's just um I don't know, it was a, it's uh it's interesting to think that you could put so much human element into into a bet because we don't do that, but uh but it's that's probably why UFC and MMA is so popular because as a spectator, like you could put yourself into it. You can see the emotions that are into it and you can think about it in a less robotic way. Yeah. I think a lot of people too like UFC because at least men more so. There's probably a lot of girls as well that like it, but a lot of guys at one point in their life do like some sort of karate, boxing, wrestling, you know, some kind of martial arts. So even though that, even though that um, they don't do it anymore, it's like, oh, I used to do that. And that guy out, out there on the TV is doing pieces of things I used to do. So it's easy to kind of insert yourself into those like fantasy thing, you know, the, and then, you become like, oh, this is what I would do if I fought John Jones. Obviously, that's irrelevant. But the point is, is that that the guys that fight him use techniques that maybe a lot of people have done. You know, yeah, it's nostalgic. Yeah, because right. like if I watch the NBA, I'm not like, oh, I dunked a basketball like that before, <laughs> or baseball. I've hit a guy that throws a hundred. Yeah, it's you can you can empathize with what's going on a little bit. 
Because you've like fought your brother when even if you're not oh, a you fighter, wrestle, or you wrestled in high school, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but even if you didn't, you can you've you've probably like gotten to a fight at some point. You probably you know? have some like fucked up, distorted like version of yourself in your head. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I can. This guy be not me. Like that's every that's every guy ever. Not on the street, right? That's every guy that doesn't know how to fight. Well, he doesn't want to get me in a street fight. You're like, okay, <laughs> that pro fighter doesn't want anything you to do anything to do with you on concrete. Yeah, I mean, famous sense. last words. Uh, I have a hypothesis to UFC that I would like to watch. So basically, if you take favorites early, like I took John Jones at plus one twenty five. And the line moved all the way to like minus 180. Then you can just leave the line alone. You're getting worse odds. When you took the line, it was obviously good good odds at the time. Uh, if you take the fave early and you get better odds, like let's say it goes from plus 125 to plus 180, then I would say I would like want to even double down on that. Go from, let's say I'm doing it at one star. I'd want to double down and buy it at two stars because I'm getting even better value. It's like... Basically buying a stock and the stock dips. If you really love the stock, then you buy it. Buy some more because yep. you just got it on sale. Well, Dollar that's cost what our guest next week, Michael Fiddle with the Advantage Podcast. That's he does early, you know, and then he updates like, okay, well, I might bet uh, another unit or a half unit. He bets in like a lot smaller units, but I think over time, if you followed him, he probably would end up at one or two units. I got you. That's a oh, so point. that's what he does. He does bets that are. Um, he throws out a smaller bet and then he'll add to it as I you think, go. I think he do- ends up doing that. I've actually thought about yeah. throwing out those posts on Dub Club. Yeah. On my team bets is when I see some some more information come out is adding a star. Yeah. Because he bets futures, right? That's what futures is, right? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. so he'll add to a future bet. I, right. I'm pretty sure I that's see. what he does, yeah, right? So yeah, but I know he bets futures, and I would imagine, because he's a really smart guy, that he'd be, well, you know, the line's still where I like it. Let's bet more on it. Uh, one other thing I wanted to add, so that was when you're taking a fave early. Um, also, if you're taking a dog, uh, my my belief is that taking a dog late might be the best advantage, because if you watch... Like right when the fight's just about to start, the general public pushes the favorite, the one they know. And then so if you if you're taking the dog, you're going to get the best lines at the very end. So I would obviously try to take the fave early if you can. If the odds are worse later on, then you obviously got a good line. If the odds get better, maybe double dip, like uh, double up on that bet. And then if you're taking a dog, just wait until the the fight's just about to start. Yeah, that is um, that's on par with what I do with my team bets. I don't like because I have a lot of underdogs since I'm going against the public. Yeah, and I really try to like wait as long as I can to put it out. You know, since we have subscribers, we want to put it out at, at a reasonable time. Yeah, because if I put it out like ten minutes before the fight, we're gonna have a lot of pissed off subscribers. <laughs> exactly. But I do try to wait as long as I can because of the dogs, and and a dog will. You'll get a better line, like you're saying. I actually had a question about that uh, with the soccer bets because they start so early in the morning because they're overseas. You put those out on Thursday for Saturday morning. Do the lines move a lot in that day and a half for soccer, the overseas soccer? For soccer, they don't. Yeah, they I didn't don't. think so. The, the line, if you look at the lines, they don't really move that much because they're the lines are so tight. Like there's not that many goals that are scored. 
So you're not going to move it in one direction so much where like basketball, there's so many baskets, a little bit of, if you change a player in and out, it'll change a lot. But with soccer, as much as there's a lot of, um, we, we've talked to some subscribers before where they talk about like certain players on like high profile teams, they're, they're sitting out, but soccer is a team sport, like more than any other sport. Like when you pull a star out, it doesn't affect the line at all. It's more of like the strategy of what you're doing and then everybody playing as a unit. Mm -hmm. So stars, they make stars because it's good to make stars because it makes the sport more popular. But everybody is more like on an even playing field in soccer. So yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, I was curious about that. It it doesn't change that much. And I wanted to try to do Thursday. I said I was going to do put those soccer bets out on Thursday of the week before and I didn't because... You wake up and you missed like half of the games. Yeah. So I want to try to put them out on Thursday. And like you, like we just pointed out, is it doesn't affect it. So it's, it doesn't matter in soccer. No, I like I'm I was happy that you put them out. Cause okay. I missed like ten out of the twenty two that you did <laughs> for the last time. That was like two weeks ago, and that was a yeah. really big day. Yeah, I missed that on a lot. I think money. we are going to have a big day today. Um, I don't want to bring it up yeah, again. You, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up, but I just don't. I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah. I'm bringing it up because some people might have got it on Discord and we put out an ultimate. Well, there's 17 seconds left uh-huh. and they're up one zero and we put it out on Discord. So anybody that follows us on Discord, they saw that we put out an ultimate underdog parlay. It was a four team parlay, $100 to win $2,600. And... Um, it's at the 94th minute right now. They said they gave it four extra minutes. The ref should call it. So we're just waiting for them to call it. Uh, call it they a bomb just threat. had a. They just had an opportunity, and they. <laughs> what'd you say? I missed it. I said calling the bomb threat. <laughs> Throw that That'll get the win, and we did win it. So oh, it did nice. won it. So yeah. we'll, fucking win. So we'll have. To, I wish I would have put it out to all our subscribers. Uh, you should have told me to put it on Twitter because then I would have bet it. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, next time we'll do it. it no, because we, we, you, you guys don't recommend parlays. We don't. But it's we're not starting to find out that all you degenerates out there love parlays. So we're going to start putting out some parlays for you, but they're going to be far and few between. There's yeah. less value in the parlays. Yeah. But because you like them, we might as well give yeah. you something. We'll give you, we'll give you some, but it's not going to be an everyday thing. I've been doing some stuff on prize picks. But we still don't recommend doing parlays. Exactly. Yeah, the odds but we are- do have some uh, power play point parlays coming up for hockey that Matt's going to talk about. It, parlays are all right to play. The, the, the problem is, is people play too many parlays and they expect that those are going to eventually hit. Unless you have some kind of strategy behind your parlays, you're going to lose money in the long run. And they're okay. I think what Matt does, and you'll hear about it in a little bit, is he 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 puts that on top of just a single bet. Mm. So, like, if you max out a single bet and you can't bet anymore, and the mathematics show you that you still have an edge, then you can do the parlay. I think it's, it's rare to find the value with the parlays, but I understand how you can. Because I, I know in that one book where they talk about Billy Walters – that company, uh, like the computer group or whatever, I forgot what they called themselves, they were able to crush parlays. 
So you as long as the math is there. Exactly. It comes down to the math. And what I found is that the math is in your favor with an underdog, with underdogs. That's why I put underdogs. I call them ultimate underdog parlays because underdogs like with favorites, they put all of the juice, all of the, the extra money that we're giving to the sports book is all put into the favorites because a lot of people bet on the favorites. So they want to pull that money from the people betting on the favorites. But on underdogs, it's a true measure. And if you make it exponentially, which a parlay is basically an exponential bet, it's reversed. So with an under an underdog parlay, you're getting exponential growth as the better. It's just people don't like they don't want to put three underdogs together because you're like, it's it's a crazy to put one underdog yeah. together. But you're getting exponential growth. So all of a sudden, with three or four, you're getting way better odds. You can actually, if you put five or six underdogs together, it's better odds than if you put them individually. But you're only going to win that like one out of like 500 times. So you have, it doesn't make sense to like bet like 0.01%. Am I making any sense right now? I know yeah, I'm you like, are. I'm getting into the it, weeds. No, it's funny because when you guys send out uh, any underdog pick or you do, cause you do the team bets when it's an underdog and I'm getting like plus whatever. I'm like, Sure. Really? Should really? Oh yeah, it's you, tough to bet. You, it. No, I still do bet it, and it's where I mean, you hit the White Sox game that you're getting a lot of shit about opening day against yeah. the Astros. Uh, and another reason why it sucks is because we've talked about favorites, and another we because you want to have your statistics good. Mm-hmm. Like my my winning rate is fifty four point five percent. But like I pick a lot of underdogs. So like if I didn't pick those underdogs, my winning rate could be like fifty-six or fifty-seven percent. Yeah. Absolutely. So you so you want you want to feel like I want to pad my stats. Anyways, we're getting into the weeds. This is a UFC podcast. <laughs> we went off on a tangent. We're gonna, our guest is about to walk out of the room. <laughs> Let's get back to UFC. We went over our Parrish, you went up six fifty. Jake, you went up one sixty. I lost two hundred. In the last one, that's a, that's a good summary. So we're gonna get that back on this one. We'll find out what we're gonna do. Um, so this is UFC 287. The first one, it's they're in Miami. Uh, there's two uh, co-main fights on this one, and uh, there's two welterweights, two bantamweights, and a middleweight on this one. And the first one is an interesting fight. From an outside perspective, um, it's Raul Rosas Jr. He is fighting against Christian Rodriguez. Uh, Rosas is 18 years old. He was just signed by Dana White when he was 17 years old. Dana White says, it's not, um, I do not, uh, I, I believe in my signing. I, I'm like, I'm going forward with this signing. I, I think it's the right move. Is it the right move to sign a 17-year-old? That dude's like an octopus. Jake and I were watching the other night, and I was kind of... I only seen him fight once, and it was a a while back. It was probably like six months ago, so he wasn't fresh in my mind. But um, I I was looking at him like, he's not that big of a guy. Then when he latches on to people, he's like an octopus, and he understands leverage very well. And the guys that are bigger than him because like when you get when you age as a man you kind of get into like your like real body weight your bones get bigger even and he's not even there yet and he's controlling guys already that are 
and they're they're older than him, so he already understands leverage. He understands where to put his weight. He's going to be scary. So he, so you feel like he hasn't developed into what he can be. He's not even close. And I think he's seven and zero oh so far. <laughs> Crazy. Um, in his in his professional career, maybe one and zero oh or two and zero oh in in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is the favorite. He's minus two forty five at FanDuel when I looked last night. Uh, does Rodriguez have a chance in this one, Jake? Who do you like? Uh, so I was, I don't know, kind of flip-flopping on my decision on this. I don't know either fighter that well because they don't have much history in the UFC. Like you said, Rosas has only fought once or twice. I think he's only fought once in the UFC. Um, Christian Rodriguez looks a lot more well-rounded from what I've seen. Uh, Rosas is going to be looking for a submission. I didn't see any threat from him as a stand-up. So if, from his perspective, I feel like he has a, a, it would behoove him to take Christian Rodriguez down. But that's easier said than done because Rodriguez looks great all around. Like His ground game's very impressive, but his striking's way better. So I don't know. I was really impressed with Rodriguez. Both of them are great. I just I feel like Rodriguez might be a little bit more polished. And you have value on that bet too, right? Plus one ninety five is what I'm seeing right now. Okay, that might that must have came down a little bit. Or then no, that makes sense with the minus two forty five. Who do you like, Parrish? I'm on the fence on that one. I think Jake made a lot of good points, especially more. A lot of the points Jake made are actually um, based off the experience of Rodriguez. He's just been in longer. His uh, much better striker. He's a lot more pol- and more time to work on it. Pretty much this kid though is um i don't want to say a savant but he's almost he's at the tier where like some guys only need one tool to beat you you know what i'm saying some guys just have a shit ton of power you can't stand in front of them they knock the piss out of you every time even if you block it shit doesn't work out this kid if he latches on to you it's hard to get get let go i think the bigger thing to look at is kind of what jake is saying though or jake said it and i'm gonna say it's more of the experience that he named a whole bunch of things that he does that's due to experience and i think i agree with jake on that all right so i'm gonna have to lock you down chris you got something yeah can i get in on these yes two? yeah okay yeah, absolutely. I, you go first because i'm gonna do a little did you already make your pick i haven't made yeah, a make pick your yet. pick and then i'll make one at the end well, i'm gonna go off of someone that doesn't know anything about ufc watches it casually but i'm just gonna look at the two fighters and make a pick Okay, I'll make my pick, but I do want to ask one more question. So you guys said that Rosas is uh, really good at submissions. What is the submission bet? Do we know for him to win by submission? Plus 165. I'm about to say it's probably not going to be too distorted because that's it's probably how he's going to get it done. So plus 165, um, but then it's minus 245 for him to win. And then, but you do guys, you guys like Rodriguez because um, of the value, just all around too. Just the value, yeah. He's betting him straight up, right? Yeah, I, I that's mean, a Rodriguez. Much, that's be, a much safer bet. Yeah, I feel like it's more of an even fight, but you're getting almost plus two hundred on it. All right, I'm gonna go with Rosas by submission at plus one sixty five. Is that what you guys said? That's a good choice. Okay, I'm gonna go there with we that. Go. All right, I'm going to choose uh, Rosas because he's only 18 years old and his face looks like it's been punched so much that he like he can take a punch. He has so, a medical disease. On yeah. Oh, damn it. Oh, Cut that out. Well, he does. You just got canceled. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to take Rosas. We're off air. <laughs> 
Ro- cut Ro- that part out. <laughs> Rosas uh, punched in the face at plus 120. No, you're taking Rosas just yeah, straight I'll, up. Yeah, I'll take okay. Rosas. I, uh, uh, I've watched a little bit on him. He, uh, I mean, he's only 18 years old, and he looks like he's going to be the next big thing. So I'll take Rosas. With the sympathy bet for uh, having a special face. Parrish. Yes, sir. <laughs> what do you, what's your bet? I'm going with Jake. Okay, so what's your bet, Jake? Uh, Rodriguez plus one. So you guys are going with Rodriguez. Yeah, that's okay, a good, nailing it down. So I'm, we got three underdogs and then one favorite so far. I'm going with Jake with the value because I think I agree. I think Rosas can really submit. Uh, not Ro- yeah, Rosas. I think Rosas can really submit him. But when you're dealing with a guy that has more experience, this is actually um, and you and he's getting value from that too. He's just a kid, mm-hmm. you know. So how we'll see. Maybe. If, he, if we're wrong, then it'll be easier to make bank bets on him later. Because think about it. Jake alluded to it a little bit. That guy's a really good striker. And so if he's able to deal with that and not get touched up too much, then that one, as I was saying earlier, that one tool that he has is, is just fine. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So we got our first fight under the wraps. Uh, let's go with number two. It is Kevin Holland and Santiago Ponzanabio. Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio. You said it right. Uh, it's Holland minus 310 at FanDuel. Holland has six. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, you said minus 110? It, no, it's minus 310. Okay. Holland's minus 310. Holland has six years and eight inches reach on Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio? Ponzinibbio. We can cut all this out. <laughs> Is this an easy one for Holland, Jake? Uh, n- no, actually, it's not. Um, Ponzinibbio is very experienced. He's 29 and six. Uh, he is 36 years old, but, um, I don't know. I, I think he's gonna, I think this should be closer to even. I do see Holland. I, I could give him a slight edge, but no way should he Ponzinibbio be getting plus 235. So, well, Holland is also coming off two back-to-back losses. Um, yeah. Does he still have a lot to offer for the UFC? Yeah, he's young and he's athletic. The his problem is he's a he's kind of a fucking whack job. Like he does some crazy shit. Who in the fuck goes toe to toe with I'm sorry to cuss. Um who goes toe to toe with uh, Steven Thompson though? Like an elite striker. That was craziness. Like he seems like mentally he's not doing the right things he should. So is he going to be like mentally in the fight, you think? Or? I don't know. I, that's actually my biggest thing. And Jake alluded to it. I think Pons and Ebio, act, the, the biggest problem with Pons is that he's old. He's getting older. And you, once you start to lose a little bit of your snap, things can kind of go south, especially, w- especially with a younger kid like this. But he's in a, he's a pretty experienced fighter. I like it for a, a value bet. We we're talking about this last night. I think I like Pons and Ebio over him. And it's more so because of the mental aspect of the game. I think Holland could check out at any point. And you're getting good value on it. And Pons is coming off a knockout victory against Alex Morona, I believe, in the last fight. Um, can he do the same thing this time? You think he can get a knockout against Holland? I don't know. Personally, I think it's possible. I was looking at the break even for Pons and Ibio. It's almost it's 29% roughly. So I could see this going a decision and him like kind of just teaching the kid a lesson, you know, because... Kevin Holland's really explosive at first, but if he gets through the first like round and a half of that, it could turn into like the experience game, and he's he has a lot of experience. Are both fighters known as to be strikers? 
or is it a mixed? Holland's definitely known as a striker. Um, I would say Pons has a much uh, more rounded game. But if he if you lift it up to what he wants to, do, he'd rather probably knock you the fuck out. That's what he. If you see what he does, he he when he was younger, he was extremely athletic. So does that leave it open to going the distance if? If both are strikers and like you could, or at least one of them is striker. That's striker, what I was thinking. That's what you're thinking. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just and I think it's more of a. It might be it might be kind of crazy at first though. It might be one of those fights where the young man comes in with a lot of energy, you know, but the old man's able to weather the storm, and now you're into the the long like once you get into af- past like halfway past the second round, and you get in, and especially you get into the third round. You see guys like kind of like deteriorate a little bit, especially if they're front runners, for a lack of a better term, like in horse racing. Guys who come out the gate really quick and they want to get their shots on you and want to get the fuck out and go home. When you get older, you can't really do that anymore because you lose your speed, you know, so you can't really jump people the same way. So you kind of have to lay back, make that guy either shoot his wad or you have to lay back and counter him, right? And you, you put some fucking hurt on his ass, you know, with because old men, when they get older, we actually keep our power. That's the last thing to leave uh, men when they uh, age is power. Well, if he shoots his wad, he'll definitely put some hurt on that ass. <laughs> Ike. W- were you saying Ponzinibbio by decision? Yeah. That's plus 600. I like it. So Pons by decision is plus 600. Wow. I like what it. it. What is it for a Holland? Holland for by de- decision plus 140. What is it for just it to go by decision? Anybody? Um, probably pretty even money, I would assume. Oh, plus six hundred on one side, plus one forty on the other side, but I'm not sure. You're saying, oh, okay, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, maybe you could look that up, Chris. We're not going to ask for it. Just who do you? What do you like? Okay, I'll go with. Uh, let's go with uh, Pons and Nibio. Going to go with Pons and yeah. Nibio with um, uh, just straight up. Yeah. I think you can get that at like plus two fifty. Okay. Uh, Parrish. Yes, sir. What's your pick? Pawns. Decision. With decision, you're going plus 600. Yeah, why not? Okay. It's, it's, um, he's getting older, and that might be a harder bet to take because he could gas, but I think I think stylistically he can shut down a lot of what Kevin Holland does, but he it's almost one of those things he needs to get out of the first round. If he can do that and kind of – and also, I, never, I didn't talk about this on the last podcast – when you're fighting a guy over a period of time, you actually start getting used to his power. And so if he can stay in there and kind of weathering the storm, you get used to it. If a guy's hitting you hard, your body actually computes that. It's like, oh, this is how hard he hits. Okay. Yeah. Jake, who you like? Uh, I would have to go with the value again. I would go Ponzinibbio plus 235. Okay, and that's what you got, Chris. Did you happen to see what the decision is for both of them? I just see them both individually. I don't see. Because I, 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 I kind of like to put that one. I kind of like to place that bet, but I just want to see what the lines are for mine. I can look it up really fast. Oh, they probably don't have them yet because it's a week out. Okay, so I'm just going to go with Holland then. Hang on for a second. Is DraftKings legal in California now? No, but you could look up the bets. Yeah, You can't do it here. Well, yeah. I'm looking them up right now. I no, don't... But you can't use it, right? No. All right. I we, can't. For fantasy, daily I fantasy, see. we can't, I, I believe. Yeah, we can look up the bets, but we just can't place them. Um, you, they might have them? more bets now. Maybe I could just... Here, I, I'm assuming that it's probably going to be even. So I'm just going to go that it's going to go the distance. Okay. Okay. That, that'll be my pick for that one. 
It's your life. So, yep. My life, my bankroll. <laughs> my, fake, gonna, my fake money. <laughs> my fake $10,000. Right. Bought that truck out there in the driveway. No, just <laughs> talking some shit now. All right, let's move on to the next one. It's a bantamweight. Uh, Fonts versus Yanez. Uh, Yanez is the favorite, minus 186 on FanDuel. Uh, Yanez almost didn't do this fight because he wanted a fight in his hometown. Did you see that? No, is he? I was unaware of that. So he almost scrapped the fight because he was going to get another fight to fight in San Antonio, which is his hometown. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering maybe mentally he's not in it, in the fight. What, guy, what, what do you think about Giannis? That guy's fucking dangerous. Is he? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy's dangerous. Um, what's it by knockout? Anybody have that in front of him? I'll look him, him knocking the shit out of him. Well, he's won his last five fights uh, since getting a contract from the Contender Series. By knockout. By, and, and all five were by knockout. I've seen. I know he's dangerous, man. Like he has a really loose style, and, and strikers that can be really loose and and put hands like that's that's no good, man. <laughs> that's a badass news for you. So, especially he kick. He is a good kicker too. It's plus one sixty five. Yanez to win by KO TKO disqualification. I like that. What do you think, Jake? What do you like? I've I've kind of flip flopped a little bit on this one. I think it's pretty tough. I think I don't know because of the value. I, I almost feel like it's pushing it so much towards Rob Font. I I feel like the the line is discrediting uh, the ability of Rob Font, and I think it's closer to fifty fifty. I think Giannis has more ways to win. He's a better all around striker. He's sixteen and three. He's won his last five fights. He does absorb almost a. Uh, 1.5 more strikes uh, per minute. Um, I don't know. I would almost lean towards Font just because of the value. I think Giannis has a slight edge, but I feel like uh, the break-even for Font's 38%, and I feel like it. I, I would have that closer to a coin flip. I, I saw that Giannis is ranked 13 in his weight class, and then Font is 6th. Why is there such a big discrepancy? Is Giannis because he's younger and he's coming up? He's on, on, yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob Hunt's a lot more established in the division. Okay. Yeah. And he might be up more on his way down. So this is eh, kind of one of those. I think he's right where he should be. I don't think he's going on the way down necessarily. He's just kind of that mid-tier fighter right now. Still in the top 10. Chris, you got a bet on this one? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback Parrish. On the knockout yeah, yeah. plus one sixty five. I yes. like it. That's what I want. That's what I'd like as well. Parrish and Chris are on that. Jake, I'm gonna take Rob Font plus one sixty. Ooh, going against the grain. I'm just gonna. I'm taking Yanes straight up on this one minus one eighty five. What do you might bad. be at right now? I, that's that? actually a safer bet. Is it minus one eighty five for Yanes? I think you're right. It's uh, probably around there somewhere. I got one eighty six on here, but one, minus one seventy five. The line fluctuates obviously a lot from site to site yeah all right so we got three on Giannis and then one on font i just want to note i've taken three underdogs so far yeah i i i would think of nothing else for me Jake, I think on, the, on the last one you took oh you took three underdogs straight up yeah i think on the last episode you didn't want to you wanted the favorites but you didn't like how much juice you were paying so you found an underdog bet exactly yeah so we we do have a lot of underdogs on this one this one it, the next one coming up is a co-main fight it's uh burns and it's a huge favorite on this one minus 520 is what i got it at 
Um, is this one closer than it says? I mean, it's a little closer than that, but I would say it should probably should be around like a 350. 350 minus 350? Yeah. Okay, so there might be some... He's going to beat him. Uh, I don't understand how Masvidal actually is going to win this fight. Gilbert Burns can wrestle, and he's been thrown to the ground over... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Masvidal's been like... You, we saw it with Covington, and Kobe, Covington doesn't really have heavy hands, but we saw how he manhandled him. Gilbert Burns can wrestle too. Maybe not quite like that, but when he gets you to the ground, he's going to beat you up a lot worse than that. And Masvidal is facing charges to assault, a, assault aggravated on Co- assault. On, Co- on Covington. And I think if he's guilty, he might face up to 15 years in prison. Is that? That's a bit. That that can't bit, be. That's maybe that's high. just what the rule is, but they'll give him like one to two. I don't know. That's a bit. That's a lot. But he's facing that. So like, how can his mind be in, in this fight? Well, he has mm-hmm. to be in it because he's going to want to win this shit and probably get, you know, the bonus money afterwards. So if I was him, I'd be coming in there not to knock somebody the fuck out really hard because he might not, as you said, he might not be fighting for another five years. This is a really important fight for him. I don't like it stylistically at all. He's not, he's a striker. He's, he's actually, Masvidal is a boxer that doesn't really kick a lot. He checks kicks. Okay. And he's a good defensive wrestler, but he doesn't use any of it on the offense and he doesn't use a whole lot of submissions at all because he when even when he gets guys to the ground he doesn't have a good submission game he's really limited but he's really good in in like certain areas good submission wrestling good hands Gilbert Burns does everything well so is there another bet that Jake can find that 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 might help bring this down a little bit from minus 500. I'm glad you, you brought that up, uh, Scott. What do we got? What, what do we got by decision right now? Plus uh, 140. And I actually have that as my pick. Gilbert Burns by decisions plus 140. Yeah. And the reason I like it so much is because I like it too. He's a better fighter than Masvidal. I think he has common sense to where he's not going to want to stand with him. He's a, I think Masvidal is a much better striker, but Burns is a, phenomenal on the ground and Masvidal has good conditioning so he's not he's not going to gas out on him like that even though he might get the shit kicked out of him he'll be able to withstand the ass whipping if that makes sense you know he has good lungs you can keep it going yeah he's he's tough he's tough he's scrappy uh has pretty good takedown defense uh he does have he's 16 losses so he's 35 and 16 and out of his 16 losses, he's uh, lost 12 by decision. In his last 10 fights that he's lost, he's lost nine by decision. And Gilbert Burns is going to control this fight. He's going to take him trend. down. He's going he's gonna to put uh, Masvidal in really uncomfortable positions the entire fight, in my opinion. And But Masvidal has shown that he doesn't submit very easily. I don't remember the last time. He, he's been submitted twice in 16 of his losses. So it so the bet is plus one forty by decision. Yeah, Gilbert like Burns it. plus one forty by. I decision. would take that. Wow, That's great. I think I'm going to piggyback on you guys on that one. <laughs> I don't see how you couldn't. Just, I'll be honest with you. He has. He really is. He's a Masvidal. If anything, is a well conditioned athlete. So and he's tough. So unless you put him to sleep, he's going to go. The he'll go the full rounds. So and, solid bet. And he's got to prove that he's going to go the distance when he's in prison. <laughs> Chris, what do you like? I'm going to go Burns in the third round. KO, TKO, disqualification, plus 1,800. Right. I'm going to try to make it all on one bet. Going for the victory. Yeah. That's the ultimate underdog. Damn. We'll just call it a parlay, even yeah. though it's not. 
pretty much is. That's a lottery ticket. No, that's not that bad, actually. It could happen, dude. Like, he's been put to sleep well, before, and Burns has good power. It's actually not a bad bet. And you're getting the value on it. Um, yeah, because what you're talking about that, you know, Masvidal is going to fight to the end, which means if he's still fighting in the third round, he's going to leave himself this, open. It could so. happen. You get yeah. tired. But he does have good lungs. Like, I would say um, when you get that guy on the cage, if you watch how he roll, he rolls shots like almost like he's James Tony or something like that. He'll lay back there and just like and slip shots off the shoulders, no, I, roll his head to alleviate yeah. the pressure of him getting hit square. He's smart. The problem is he's just limited. Yeah, what little I know about him, again, because I don't know that much about UFC, but what I've seen, he's got heart. Mm -hmm. But heart sometimes can leave yourself open to getting knocked the fuck out. Heart can get you killed. It's true. All right, well, let's go on to the next one. Adesanya and Pereira. This is a rematch where Adesanya lost, but he is the favorite. What do you think, Jake? Wow, what a, an amazing fight. I was waiting for this for a long time when they uh, fought last time. Parrish and I went over it multiple times, and we both liked Pereira in the last one. And he was almost a two-to-one dog. Right now, he's still a dog. He's won three fights in a row. It's insane. He's knocked him out twice in a row. He, and you're still getting like positive money on it. So I, I feel like you have to go with Pereira here. Agreed. I don't even I don't think he said it at all. It's... It's almost asinine a little bit. Like, how in, the, how in the hell do you become the underdog, but I beat this guy three times? Two of them was in professional kickboxing, and the other one was UFC, and he knocked them out with the same punch twice. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I don't get it. No, I really don't understand. It's kind of like what Matt was saying. It's like, are they looking at what the fuck is going on, or do they watch these fights? I don't. I'm, actually don't think they do. I, I, they can't, because how could he be an underdog at this point, getting put down the same way that's the fanatics odds right it's got to be the fanatics yeah. yeah yeah i don't know what the odds are maybe we have like a public number but um i think adesanyo just has a fans and they just keep on pounding those lines it doesn't make sense though because glover Teixeira just gave um he just gave Pierre his brown belt in jiu-jitsu and fucking uh adesanya is not even a purple belt yet so you already you're already a better grappler than him now. That was the advantage he should have exploited was like wrestling him to the fucking ground, you know, a little bit, and then trying to catch him in a choke. Now that's that might be off the table now. <laughs> this guy walks around 230 pounds, yeah, and he's fighting at 185. Wow. Did, yeah. What's going? He's it's probably rehydrating at least around like 215 on fight night. What the fuck is he supposed to do with this guy? I'm actually kind of scratching my head, and God knows I've been wrong before. But when you see somebody fail three times, I th there's probably a party that's like, well, this ain't going to fucking work. He's also a little bit desperate, too, because he was saying that this is his last shot. At a t I don't know if he's talking about a title fight or if it's his last shot. Is it his last shot? Is he desperate? Adesanya's last shot? That's what he was saying uh, about about this fight. This I is think his could last be this could be retirement time because he okay. doesn't seem... This could be the checkout. Sorry to cut you off, Jake. No that worries. My bad. I, I think it's going to be the last time he fights prayer in the near future. If it has to be. Can you imagine if he loses for the fourth time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Dana White sitting back just like, let's... Let's do it again. Like, what are you talking about? Dude, you trying to kill this motherfucker? Like, they need to get him on to somebody that makes sense. You, like, somebody like Robert Whitaker, who's the exact opposite of what Pierre is. Somebody that can really wrestle off of striking. 
that could fuck him up really bad. And all that size is gonna be kind of null and void when you're when your back's on the ground. You know, he's not an elite wrestler. He's learning these things now as I'm talking to you. Yeah, so like you have to take advantage of this shit. You know, Adesanya never upgraded. He should be like a freaking black belt in jujitsu. And with um, he has good defensive wrestling, but they should have figured something out for him. So like when for whatever reason his elite striking doesn't work, he could have something to fall back on. But he doesn't. He's forced to fight this guy toe to toe. Well, I don't get it. Adesanya was considered winning the last fight he for was, most of it, right? Does if that you, if factor wa- into it? Maybe? If you watch the kickboxing fights, he was winning all those too until like he got put down. And then the one, the one that he won. Uh, the first one, I people considered it controversial. I thought he won that fight. It was just close. The second fight, he was kind of losing, and then he adapted and he just threw a left hook at him when his hand came down. A lot of fighters fight like that. They're not. Some fighters want to win like every round and establish dominance. Some guys lay back and they're they're counter punchers. They wait for you to get comfortable and you throw that one punch and they take that that small thing away from you and they clip your ass. It happens all the time. So I think I know the answer to this, but. Adesanya said he's going to have a a different mental framework going into this fight. Is he? Do you think so? Because if he's lost three in a row, maybe he doesn't have the the mindset for this fight. I mean, it's good that he had a different mind frame maybe, but he needs to have a different like tactics altogether. I don't, so you're going to change your, if I change my mind, that means I'm going to change other things that have to do with my body, right? So that means I might want to learn to how to fucking wrestle he's not gonna do that it's too so, late for that what's his mind frame I don't want I'm not scared I don't want this guy to knock me out you tried that three fucking times and you've been knocked out twice I need to, I'm sorry dude I need to stop cussing so <laughs> don't much don't worry about no, it no you're, you're heated this is great <laughs> I just you're don't, passionate about the fight I don't get it I don't understand some of these odds and I must be missing something cause I don't he shouldn't be a favorite by any means it doesn't make sense is he missing something Jake no, I, I don't think he is. Uh, Pereira has Adesanya's number. Adesanya looked like he couldn't be touched before he met Pereira. And it, it's just a bad matchup for him. Pereira is a lot bigger, a, a lot stronger. His power is obviously considerably more. Um, I would say he's also got greater significant strikes landed. More than like a one more, one and a half more significant strikes landed per minute. I, I think that Pereira should be the favorite here. I think this is a terrible matchup for Adesanya. I think Adesanya has to fight a perfect fight. He's he's proven that he's capable of winning each round, but when it comes down to it, at any point, Pereira has the capability to corner him and put, and you to put him to down. Sleep. Yeah. What does that mean? Who cares if I won four rounds, and but you get to the fifth and you're laying up, looking at the lights, you know, and your girlfriend's like shaking you like, honey, it's okay. No, it's not okay, bitch. I just got fucking flatlined on national television. What the fuck's the matter with you? You know, the, shit's crazy. Like, I don't understand it. I, I'm actually, if I was a trainer and I was, I shouldn't say that. I'll put it this way. They need to look at something, what um, they're doing with him. Because obviously you can't send the guy in three times just like, here you go. Like, they better figure something the fuck out. Because usually in boxing fights, we've had a couple guys in boxing that have fought like four to five times over the years, but the guy has won one of them. <laughs> right? So he has to, if this doesn't happen, it's a fucking wrap. They don't want, they shouldn't even pass each other in a mall 
or like at the grocery store, like you can never see that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's so you've have you have four underdogs, Jake? Or is that five? Yeah. That's four out of uh, I got all five or yeah, underdog picks. Because you found a special one <laughs> yeah. for the for the yeah, exactly. uh, for He's the not a real fight. underdog though. It's it not should, a real, it real underdog. Just freaking crazy. Chris, are you on board I, with all this? Yeah, I got Pereira too. So I piggybacked you guys on the last one. Uh, yeah, but the last time when we we went Jones, you went gone because you wanted to be a contrarian. I know, so, so that's what I'm going to do. You guys convinced me. <laughs> there you go. I can't help you myself. Got, I've been know. thinking about it the whole time. I'm like, God, am I really going to do it again? <laughs> can't even help it. So I'm. I got to. I got to. I got to go against the grain a little bit. Uh, yeah, on this you know one. what? Who who in the fuck wants to get along? There's no point. No, yeah. I I've, I want to push back as much as I exactly. can. All right, so I'll go with Adesanya. <laughs> I like it. Thank God. You're going to look really smart if we, you know, because we just, I just went on like, like a 10 minute tirade. I mean, that's <laughs> fucking work. I mean, that's why like, I picked yeah, it. I'm going on, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah when you're going to scout everything you said. When you were about 80% into that, I was like, well, now I got to go on this. <laughs> I'm happy I help you make decisions. All right. Well, I mean, you were so passionate about this fight. There's got to be some fights that you're passionate about coming up. Is there any fights coming up that you guys want to talk about? Yeah, we need to talk about this fucking Russian guy. That this guy's insane, um, Sergey Pavlovich. Um, he, I'm gonna put this in perspective and to make this make sense. He's bigger across his shoulders than uh, Francis Ngannou, and he has longer arms than John Jones. The only thing that's missing right now is like he's like a diamond that is like completely unrefined he throws really wide looping shots and he needs to go straight to the target with jabs and like straight crosses he fights like a typical russian where they throw shots and he lands a lot behind the head and what what fight is who's he fighting curtis blades which is when is this coming up is Uh, this 23rd april 22nd oh sorry april 22nd and it's gonna be that is that gonna be ufc 289 it'll be a fight night too it's a fight night yeah all right, it's a and great then fight night card. <laughs> That's a fucking awesome fight for a fight night. Is that the main fight on that card? Yeah, yeah. it has to be. Okay, it has to be. And how is he? What's what's the weight class? I don't know anything heavy. about it. So he's a heavyweight. This okay. guy, this guy looks like this guy looks like a fucking Flintstone. I'm not kidding you. He looks like he should be dragging like a like a tree branch and like hitting something over the head. <laughs> and, and you like this? You like this fight because you think he's just gonna he's just gonna come in and just take over. I think he's. I think there's okay. Jake and I were talking about this, and there is definitely avenues for Curtis Blades to win this fight. There's um there's two different styles going on here. Um, this guy comes from a Greco-Roman background. So in Greco-Roman, just for a quick history on how wrestling works. In Greco-Roman, Greco-Roman guys wrestle from waist to shoulders. And um, where Curtis Blaze is from is more freestyle and uh, probably collegiate wrestling when he was uh, you know, a kid, when you're in high school and stuff. They wrestle from hips to knees usually and knees to ankles. So... Curtis Blaze has a good he has a good advantage in regards to if he wants to go down to his knee get down to his legs and attack the lower body he can ground this guy. I've actually watched a couple fights where guys have used this on him. There was a there was a Uzbeki guy or a Dagestani guy that um, was able to ground him a couple times and he was wrestling him from the waist underneath. That being said, if you cannot get close to that guy. And you're not going to be able to, um, and you're not going to be able to get him up against the fence where 
he's going to punch you in space. He's going to, I think he's going to knock Curtis Blades the fuck out. Because he, Curtis Blades has been put down before. And this guy has the attitude of not wanting to stay in fights very long. So he's going in there to kill you. You know, so. And so you just like this fight because you think it's going to be. Um, I think this guy's up and coming and is a, we need to look at the. This is the guy that if John Jones doesn't retire, he's going to be fighting this guy. Oh, is that right? How yeah. old is he? He, He's 30 years old. Okay. I completely agree with Parrish. I've seen a bunch of heavyweights and I feel like John Jones can mop the floor with damn near everybody. And this is the first guy that I'm like, wow, like his highlights. He, he looks like he's trying to murder these guys. He reminds me of like Fedor and Milianenko. He's an exciting guy to watch. 17 and one. He does fight a lot like Fedor. A lot of upper body throws and a lot of uh, winging overhand shots. And then those shots are hitting here, like behind the back of the head. And like you're you're trying to shell up with your arms. This guy's clipping you and like, you know, by your brain stem. How big is he? He's huge. I just, he's, 6'3", 255. Wow. He, but, what was his one loss? But he got about, knocked out by uh, Alistair Overeem. But he's bigger than all the guys. Like, he's he's 6'3", like, um, laterally. You know what I'm saying? He's, like, just as long as he's more... I actually think he's he's longer than uh, across his arms than he is tall. He's a potato. He's just, like, <laughs> thick and tall. He's a Russian potato. <laughs> That's coming in at uh, April 23rd for that fight. April the, 22nd. April 22nd. Um, yeah, we look forward to that fight. I don't think we'll get another one of our UFC podcasts. So I'm glad we're going over these fights. Yeah. That are there, how many, let me ask you this. How many fights do you guys want to go over before our next UFC? Is there other ones that you want to go over? Or some up and coming fighters that are coming up too? I know you guys. We were looking at that earlier and we're, we were actually going to think about making a, a quick um, segment on it. The reason why I ask is because I think we should take a quick break. Okay. That's great. Let's All right, it. so let's, let's take a break it. and we'll get back at it because I know, I mean, I can feel the passion. We're not going to stop anytime soon. So let's I, take a break and we'll be right back. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right, so we got another mailbag for today where we have a subscriber from dubclub.win. Matt from Colorado. How you doing, Matt? What's going on, guys? How are you? We're doing good in here. Um, we're all in here. We got our drinks ready to go, so we are ready to go. Oh, yeah. I normally do three drinks in a podcast, but I'm just going to do one today, so I don't... I didn't get the memo up. that it was Big Lebowski Day <laughs> today. Yeah, I know. you should. Have, we should put out an email before yeah. we have people on. But Matt, you, uh, you're a subscriber on Dub Club with us. How are you liking it so far? Yeah, I love it, man. I'm just a recent subscriber. I've been uh, messing around with the the props and um, the team plays. Uh, it's it's awesome because it comes through on Telegram, so uh, makes it super easy to to you know just get it on your phone if you're not in front of your computer looking at your email. So love it, and it's been successful. So yeah, it is it is easy. Normally they have text messages going, and it's like really easy. But I'm it's good that they have like a backup for. Um, just in case if those text messages don't come out and you sign up on telegram and it's basically a text message. So yeah, yeah. It, it's super easy to call, uh, you know, my drug dealer as well. You can use it for multiple things. I'm going to have to write that down. Let me put that in my head. Um, you mentioned player props. You love the player props. You're not a team better at all. You just go strictly with the player props. 
actually am a big hockey totals guy. So I developed my own algorithm to uh, predict hockey totals. Um, oh, okay. I love baseball, but you know, that just started. So I'm waiting for a little bit of a sample size before I start messing around with that until then I'll just work off your robots. We, we love, <laughs> we love both of those two and our robots are, that's the number one thing for team bets is NHL. It just overtook all the soccer bets. I think yeah. it's like, uh, getting close to like, it's, it's over 50% of our units won on team bets is hockey bets so um and the over unders are what we mostly do there's been a lot of overs this year have you noticed that i have noticed that uh, it's a lot more fun to bet the overs. so <laughs> it is a lot more fun. of that and with jake too jake has a lot of uh player props that's probably the most profitable bet that you have right jake yeah nhl's been taken over for me as well especially the shots on goal but matt you have an interesting approach you do power play player prop parlays and have you been profitable <laughs> on those? Yeah. So actually I usually do round robins um, because it's, it's really hard to hit power, power play point. The power play point market is hard to hit. <laughs> if you say it's, that it's, 10 it's, times fast, it's, it's yeah. hard to hit that sentence. Yeah. It's hard to so, hit yeah, uh, so, three or four guys. Yeah. So, so, so you don't do the parlays, you just round robin them or do you do both? I'll, I'll bet them straight. I was kind of messing around with this because I saw some value in that market and uh, noticed some trends that uh, I wanted to try to take advantage of. So as I was experimenting with it, uh, I was messing around with round robins and I was hitting like, you know, three out of four. Um, and I was like, this is this is definitely something that I should talk about. So I've never done a power play prop before. How does it work? Is it just if someone's going to score a goal or what is the bet? Yeah. Yeah. So power play point is when uh, you get an assist or a scored goal on a, on a power play. So since, you know, 20% of goals in the NHL are scored on power play um, and about 1.7 assists per goal are attached to that goal. Uh, you're looking at for per game, you're looking at a little over three power play points uh, per game. So, you know, there are to go around on average. Um, and obviously you want to take advantage of the, the optimal mark, uh, the matchups uh, with the teams that are doing well in power play and the teams that suck at killing power play. So uh, those are basically the things you want to look at first when you're looking at this market. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I didn't even think about that because in hockey, you can get an assist off two guys, but in a power play, they're moving the puck around a lot more. So the yeah. assists are going to double. You're going to get a lot of goals with two assists. Right. So at 1.7, that's actually the, the average uh, goal scored with and uh, divided by assists, right? But on the power play, it actually goes up a little higher. I didn't actually do the math on that, but it's because obviously you don't get a lot of breakaway power plays teams know that you're you're going to be coming at them um, and they're they're going to be shorthanded so they sit back and, and watch you pass the puck around and say score hopefully yeah so you, so you're doing all all overs then so it it's you're looking for and this is pregame right this is yeah. a live bet yeah so it's not a live it's not actually offered live if somebody knows <laughs> where to find that i'd be happy <laughs> to bet it um, uh, but but yeah this is a pregame bet um, and basically what you want to look for are the optimal matchups, you know, obviously teams that are poor at killing penalties and then also teams that are really good on power play. 
what I like to do is look at the last 20 games. And the reason for that is there are a lot of changes that happen in the lineups, especially with teams that are tinkering with their power play first line. Um, so you kind of want to weight that a little higher than what you've seen over the course of the season, especially because there's injuries. There's a lot of guys that were on the first line that aren't even playing now because they're injured. So uh, you definitely want to look at that. Um, I usually, uh, if listeners want to use this, it's a, it's an easy um, mnemonic to, to use fat map. Uh, the teams that are terrible at, uh, at killing penalties. So Florida, um, uh, see Tampa Bay, uh, Montreal, uh, Arizona, Anaheim, and Philly. So fat map, right? I don't. I didn't think I did that in order, but uh, you can you can just basically go off that, right? Um, and then and really, what you want to look for is opportunity. So um, once you've kind of crunched your numbers on, um, you know who you think will score a power play point. Uh, obviously you want to look for opportunity, but you also want to look at um, what's really happened in like the last 10, 20 games. You want to look at the first power play line. So the first power play line is going to get the most opportunities. Some teams played a little bit different, like the Kings, for instance, they'll have a second power play line. They'll bring in first or second, depending on uh, who was on the ice most recently. Uh, a guy like Victor Arvidsson, you can get him at plus 400 on these. Um, and in the last 10 games, he's at, he has six power play points. So it, you don't want to look at power play points. Um, you want to look at how many times it's occurred uh, in the last, say, 10 games, right? So if he has six power play points in one game, he's only done it one once out of 10 games, right? It doesn't help you if you hit the over 0.5 and he hits three power play points, which does happen, right? So you want to look at some guys that are consistent in, in scoring, um, and, and bet those guys, um, really where the value is in this market that I found is guys that are at plus 200 or better. Uh, you can, for instance, look at somebody like Leon Dries out of, out of Edmonton. Um, I, I could have used McDavid as an example, but you know, he's like on Neptune and probably not a good one. So Dry uh, I just wrote down some stats here. So 74 games played. Uh, he has a power play point in 43 of those games. Um, so that works out to about 58.1%. And if you look at his lines now, the books, the way they, they typically do this is they're the implied odds. So it's minus 140, right? The implied odds on his bet, about 58%. So just looking at kind of like how many times he scored, uh, mm-hmm. at least one power play point over a game. Games where play. do you so, what do you normally see him at? What what are the odds on average? Yeah, so most of the time it's a plus. Like the only guys that you're going to see there are minus odds are McDavid and Drysaddle, because they're the best power play point or power play team in the league. They're you know over 35 percent in the last 20, and I think 31 in the in, over the season. So uh, nobody's nobody else is over 30 percent on the season. Um, and then so really what you want to do is you want to look at injuries first. Um, and also you want to look at guys who uh, might be stepping up because somebody's going to sit. So like if teams are out of it right now, for instance, Boston just won the president's trophy on Thursday. They're going to, they have the, also the, the highest average age of players on their team. 
a little over 29 years old. So they're an old team. So they can literally sit back for the rest of the season and, and not play their stars. So who, who's going to play on their PowerPoint or power play first line? Uh, that's something to look at. Uh, teams that are out of it that are maybe tinkering with their rookies, want to give them an opportunity, see how they do. Uh, like Montreal, for instance, uh, Columbus, those teams, you can still get guys at really good value. So, yeah, there's only 10 games left in the season, <laughs> you know, for most teams. Maybe a little late uh, to be talking about this, but it's actually the optimal time to be looking at this market because there's so much movement uh, in in replacement with, with players. So um, guys like uh, Harvey Pinard out of Montreal, he scored a power play point in four of the last 10 games. I'm getting him at plus 575. So wow. It's it's pretty absurd. Uh, they the books just don't adjust for these replacements. They're looking at how many power play points you have on the season, um, and then over time, like if you keep getting looks, for instance, Marcus Johansson out of Minnesota, uh, he's he's replacing Kirill Kaprizov, um, and he's been hurt for uh, fifteen games now. Uh, Johansson, I'm getting at uh, plus five seventy five as well around that. And he's got six in the last 10. So it wow. just doesn't, doesn't make sense. If you look at the recent numbers, these, these lines do not make sense at all. So you can really take advantage of those. Obviously betting straights, probably, um, you know, the best way to do this, but it, you know, if you want to sprinkle a little round Robin, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I, with those, with that much spread in the advantage that you have, putting it in a round Robin, you still, you're still going to have an advantage. It's just a, oh, another way to get, more action on it right exactly and they pay nicely so you don't have to put you know you do one tenth of a unit on there yeah 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 J this whole strategy reminds me of your strategy jake with player props and it also reminds me back in the day when we first started doing player props like 10 years ago the market wasn't there so the the computer models that are setting up these lines, they were just basing it off of like averages. Mm -hmm. And so we could come in there on an untapped market and just dive right in. You probably don't want this video to be posted on YouTube. I hope the books actually don't see this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, markets don't even have it. Right. So I was, I was talking to Jake and Chris about it and they're like, yeah, we can't even bet these. I was like, well, you know, just give me a call if you want to throw some action on it. But well, I, well, uh, I might give you a call too. Do you see any coming up in the future, like on Monday or Tuesday that you like? Yeah. So uh, Monday uh, you have Minnesota uh, is playing Vegas. Um, Vegas is actually the best team um, at killing penalties. They, they give up the, the least amount of power play opportunities per game. So it's not a great matchup for Minnesota, but Minnesota has been doing really well on the power play. So if you can get Marcus Johansson, at, at 575, assuming uh, Kaprizov doesn't come back uh, look, this weekend, that's going to be a really good play. I mean, it's worth it for sure. Um, you know, you're still you're still getting – somebody's on average going to score at least one power play goal per game. So you're looking at three power play points typically on average. Um, unless, of course, those guys are also involved. You know, you could score two and have the same guys in there as well, um, like happened today with Nashville. Uh, I, I hit uh, glass today at plus 300 this morning. They're playing. They're still playing right now, Nashville and St. Louis. So um, to the Tuesday game, let's see. We have Florida and Buffalo. Florida is 
fat, the F out of fat map. <laughs> you definitely want to play against those guys. Buffalo has guys on the first line. Uh, Tage Thompson's been hurt. So um, guys have stepped up like Dylan Cousins. You're going to get him at plus 300. Uh, you can get Victor Olivson at plus 400. And he has, uh, last time I checked, four out of the last 10 games, he's scored a power play point. So, again, just doesn't make sense. But that's that's a great matchup for Tuesday. Um, and St. Louis against Philly. That's a good one too. You, you got that's a good that's a, a good one on too. Game. Yeah, Butch Navish is out, so you kind of want to just see who they're going to throw in there uh, for for the Blues. So if you go to uh, uh, the date, not the dailyfaceoff.com, you can actually sort under line combinations, last ten game stats, and it'll show you who their first power play line is and how many power play points they have. Then you just want to look at how many games, not how many points, right? You want to look at the guys that have scored a lot, but you also want to take a look at how many times they've scored. Nice. Well, you gave us the whole formula. I think um, I don't even have to call you now. I'll just get to, <laughs> put a hundred dollars on each one of those for me. Yeah. And I'll yeah no problem. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll email you my demo. Well, th- okay. Well, thanks for coming on, Matt. Um, I really appreciate you explaining that to us. Uh, hopefully nobody gets into that market because uh, we want to keep that a secret. We yeah, might, sh- maybe we'll put sh- this out next year. <laughs> I, oh, I have a question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fat map. Is that, uh, that's something that you came up with for this year. Have you done this in previous years or is this the first year you've done it? No, because I just discovered this, this market. So like if you go to the books that are legal now, uh, I've been searching. Some books don't even offer it. DraftKings and FanDuel are the two that that do, and they're pretty extensive as to what players they offer. Uh, Barstool, for instance, only does like, I don't know, five guys that they just think won't score or whatever, and, and their lines are terrible. So you definitely want to do some searching. You can find disparities of 100, uh, even 150 sometimes uh, between players. So, um, But, yeah, they're hard to find. Like you have to kind of tinker around and, and look, and you're like, oh, what's this? So I saw that, and I, that's when I started taking a look at this market. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait to see what the acronym is for next year. We'll have to figure one out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks Matt for coming on. Um, we're going to get to the next segment. Well, you guys can find out on the podcast what that is. Cause we don't even know. All right. Thanks Matt. Thanks Matt. Take care, guys. Yep. Later brother. All right, we are back. Uh, We had to take a piss break. I had to take a shit. Everything went well. You guys have a lot of fights that are up and coming that you want to go over. What's your favorite one, Jake, that's up and coming? Uh, Some of these aren't finalized, but I'll just go over the ones that are exciting to me. Uh, Chimaev versus Robert Whitaker. Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. That's actually coming up soon. John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. Miocic. I'm, Miocic. Sure, I'm sure we'll have an episode about that one coming oh, up. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. What, so these ones, you said the, these ones aren't set in stone? Some of them aren't. Uh, but Connor is, right? Is the Connor versus Chandler is. When is that one? Uh, I don't see the date right here. I'd have to look it up. What do you What do you guys like about these fights? Uh, just, high marquee matchups. 
I like all every every one of those fights is really good. Did you mention the uh, Yair fight? No, uh, Yair, Yair Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovsky. That's going to be an excellent fight. I was reading about that one last night when that's I was trying to do homework for this. Yeah, and that one seems exciting. Yeah, that'll that, be great. That one's, does it show when that one's coming up? All of these fights are coming up within the next like four to five months, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. And we will have to do more episodes. I mean, this is this seems like this is a fun episode. This is going to be like a once a month thing. If uh, if you if we, if you will ha- have us pair, I'm not too far. Uh, ha- I came to your place. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll move that's, in. I'm just that, that's like my phrase. Uh, pull the curtain behind the <laughs> whatever the veil. <laughs> yeah. Pull the veil behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, so, what do you guys like about the fights? Do you guys want to expand on it? What what's I think matchup wise are all really good. Um, even from a just like from looking at it from like a I don't know. An eagle view, eagle eye view, right? The Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler, Chandler is going to be great for the fans. Somebody's going to, that's not going to distance. <laughs> I don't give a shit what anybody says. I ain't going to distance. Conor doesn't really have a great gas tank. Now he's, he's humongous. I don't know if anybody noticed that. He looks huge. It. He's yeah. going to be an underdog for that fight, right? I would suspect, it's almost a coin flip. I would is suspect it? it might because, like, think about how active Michael Chandler's been and Conor's been like rehabbing like a completely shattered leg. I don't know. I'd... Now does his metal leg give him an advantage? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Um, I don't think getting your leg uh, broken like in half is going to do anything for you. Like we we're talking about the hand injuries last time. That's a little bit less evasive, I think, <laughs> of an injury. But uh, I like that fight a lot. I think it's great for the fans. Like. When I talk on some boxing podcast, sometimes we always, a lot of my friends we like to talk about entertainment value. That has great entertainment value. It's a great stylistic matchup. Michael Chandler's kind of a wrestler, but he doesn't really use a lot of wrestling. Yeah. So we're gonna get a good, we're gonna get a good fight. I could see why the the line is so even because it's it's hard to choose. Like he was saying, Michael Chandler has a wrestling background, but he doesn't really choose to wrestle. And even if he did, Conor McGregor has pretty good takedown defense. And I, I see this fight standing, and Chandler, when he does take him down, I feel like McGregor is going to continue to get back up. And I think that's going to be a war of a fight. It'll be fun. I don't see it uh, going a distance, though. That'd be insane, though, if it did. The odds for that might be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably going to be some good odds in there. It sounds like you guys are leaning towards betting against Connor, though. Mm, I'm not, I've not made my decision. You know, okay, we'll yeah, get, we'll get into that. Far ahead. What UFC is that? I'm sorry, I think you already it said it. Doesn't have the name next or the number next to it on this site. I All have right. to look it up. Well, I would I'm agree. sure we're going to have a podcast about that, and we'll dive into that. I in would the future. agree with you, though. I think the money will go against Connor initially. You think so? Initially. Hmm. God, does that mean I'm going to be betting on Connor? <laughs> is that how you? I, is that how you? Do well, that? yeah, that's how I get my info. I'm like, damn, I'm, I don't even know where I'm betting until someone tells me something like that. And I'm like, oh, now I'm going to be betting <laughs> oh, on Connor. I don't want to bet on Connor. It makes me feel uncomfortable to bet on Connor. So I guess I'm betting on Connor. That's 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 one of my rules. That's well, and it, know, fi- it backfired with uh, Ciro gone. He did uh, not. Uh, yeah. He did not live up to the fade against the fanatics. That was a, a quick fight, but if that fight stayed standing, I think he would have had a much different result. And John Jones knew that, so that's why he took him down. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he wanted, though. Yeah, yeah I wanted to stay standing. 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> not going to well, happen again. Well, you should have learned how to, you should, you should have brought in some uh, NCAA wrestlers, you know, and just made his life miserable for a year, right? And just learned that. He didn't need to learn any striking, you know? he How much better mm-hmm. was he going to get training striking versus, like, learning wrestling? His... He just messed up. It was a as a tactical miscalculation against like possibly one of the best fighters ever. So fucking insane. Like, I, I think I think what we said earlier like sums it up, or I think what you said earlier is it's it's a mental thing. Like he he checked out after so he realized he wasn't gonna be able to handle it and he checked out. He's like, I'm this is not gonna happen. Um we went over earlier we went over all of our picks from the previous podcast we should do a recap of our picks now um let's go through them okay and and uh let's see if we can uh remember what we picked and i'm talking to myself about that so the first fight is rosas and rodriguez um i believe jake jake what'd you have on that one i took uh rodriguez plus 195 and then I believe that Parrish, either you... I'm with all, him on that, just for the value. You also did that in Chris. And I am, too, for completely different reasons. Okay, what are those reasons? Now oh, I'm intrigued. Because of his face. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's and the sympathy bet. Now I feel bet. like an asshole for saying that, but... <laughs> <yeah>. Well, <laughs> what was it at? It was at plus 180? Uh, plus 195. Plus 184. Well, you only get it at plus 180 because I'll of your take comments. It Chris won't even let himself off the hook. He didn't have to bring it up again. You, you <laughs> didn't. Like, it's like torturing himself. You didn't, but <laughs> it is a 15 point. Uh, yeah. What is that? A penalty? Yeah. You have a 15 point penalty for okay. making fun of his face. I'm going to pick Rosas <laughs> minus 245. Uh, awesome. I think I went against awesome. you guys a lot. So let's go on to the next one. Holland and the pawns. I'm taking the pawns, man. Going with the pawns. And it was t- plus 245, Jake? Plus 235 or plus 600 by decision. And that's your bet. <laughs> I oh. thought about it, but I'm going with plus 235. Plus 235, I'm Chris. Pa- I'm on the pawns. You're on the pawns too. Yeah. I went against you guys. No <laughs> oh, what's new? No I shit. went Holland minus three. What did I get him at? 310? I wouldn't doubt it. I saw it as low as two seventy five. I'll take two seventy five. Let's put, let's mark me down for two seventy five. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the best, whatever the best line I can get. All right, and then we went on to Font and Yanez. I believe the contrarian was Jake on this one. Yep. Plus uh, one sixty. We all did Yanez. Yeah. Yep. I got Font, and you got Font with the underdog. You did the underdog ultimate parlay. <laughs> Next one, Burns and Masvidal. What'd you guys pick, Chris? I had Burns in the third round, and that's plus eighteen hundred. That's a that's a good one. That's a good, well, you might want to post that one because our fans would love it. <laughs> they love anything over over plus yeah. one thousand. Everybody's yeah. like, oh. Parish, who'd you like? I'm taking uh, Burns by decision. I think there's a, there's value there as well, right? That was yeah. plus one forty five. One forty. I plus like one forty five, but we'll go with one forty. And I think I piggybacked. That was the one I piggybacked on you guys, and then. The last one, everybody's on Pereira. Plus, I just don't see it. I don't know. Plus 130. Plus 130. And I went with Adesanya just to be a contrarian. Mm-hmm. Me and Parrish are going to fight out in the driveway <laughs> after the podcast. <laughs> what would the odds be on that? 
Uh, I think I'm plus three thousand. We'll, Our fans would love to bet on me. We'll have we'll get, I'll get drunk before. <laughs> I think I'm plus three thousand, and I'm gonna bet against me. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet minus two fifty. You know what? On a, funny, on a funny note, have you guys seen the uh, that Russian what they're doing in Russia with all the like one guy fighting two guys. Oh yeah. I saw that's, that. that's, that's the, the funny, guy in the suit. That's the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. This one fat guy was taking on these two oh. smaller dudes and, uh, he was having a hard time with them. And next, you know what? You see his fat buddy hop the cage and just <laughs> jump in there. Oh. It's a big ass melee. I'm like, fucking Russia. I love this. Like, why don't we do this? Oh, we have athletic, eh, we have athletic, athletic commissions that makes sense now you know you know what we should do we should play those videos and then have the four of us drink white russians and make commentary (laughs) on it that's a good idea and put it up on youtube i'm going to show you a video of uh this other one they were doing i don't know what the fuck was going on but eight of these guys grabbed one dude and they picked him up off the ground and they physically threw him off the mat (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why they did it but they did it, and I, w- I want to figure out if that was a sport, and they're trying to see how far they could throw him. <laughs> if he did something wrong, and they're just like, you need to get the fuck out of here, but whatever it is, I want to figure that out. Because that actually, they came together like a biomass. Like, I'm not kidding, like, seven people came together and, like, picked this guy up and ejected him probably around, like, ten feet. <laughs> did they win like that? Do I don't know what one. They just cut it off afterwards. They just <laughs> threw him out of there, and it's like, that's the end of the video. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, that, what was that about? Like, you got to sign up to Patreon to see the end of the video. <laughs> oh, that's Maybe great. I will. Fighting white Russians while drinking white Russians. <laughs> that's a great... Uh, oh, I, we got to see those videos. We, the podcast. That's right? a segment. <laughs> our, I can see our producer, Chris, like the... the, 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 oh, the I can work it in. We can make it happen. The wheels are turning. All right. Let's get to recommendations. We got... Out of the four of us, we got one recommendation. It's coming from Chris. What's the recommendation? So it's a podcast and it's called uh, Death, Taxes, and Sports, which is a great name. I'm like super jealous that they came up with that. But it's hosted by three guys, Jeff, Gary, and Ben. So these three guys, they all met while they were attending uh, Johnson and Wales University. Uh, so the, the show is uh, sports, news, and opinion. And sometimes they have on a guest who is uh, – they have other guests, but this one in particular that has to do with our show is uh, the deputy editor of sports betting for ESPN, a uh, man by, by the name of uh, David Bierman. So it's a great show. Uh, again, it's Death, Taxes, and Sports. You can find them at dtsports thirty three dot podbean.com or just search death taxes and sports on youtube uh we'll leave a link for uh their uh podcast where you can find them in the show notes but yeah it's a great podcast you guys should listen and subscribe and give five stars to that podcast. yeah always give five stars anything we uh uh give out all right uh are we gonna have someone on from that podcast in the future or is that uh i think that, I get you're, that you're gonna go on in may Oh, that's the yeah, podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's the one you're going on in May. That'll be fun. You yeah, I can't know. wait. Yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of knew. I run, I run, <laughs> I run the schedule of when Jake and Scott go on podcasts. And uh, yeah, the, they basically just ask like two weeks before where you put me on. And I tell them, oh, you're going on this show in two weeks. So get ready. We're having Michael Fiddle next week. Yeah, and then next week we're having on Michael Fiddle from the Advantage <clears throat> podcast. And we mentioned it earlier. This dude's really smart. Uh, I think you guys will really like him. Uh, 
There's a lot of his betting uh, theory, which I guess that's the way we have to put it now, uh, is very similar to your guys's. So I'm sure he does a lot of uh, EV plus and, and sabermetrics. Yeah, yeah, that's a kind of an inside joke that's going on around here right now with uh, the EV plus and sabermetrics. But it's all good. Yeah, we're Mike- excited to have him on. Honestly, I've been listening to his podcast lately, and I plan on listening to all of them because he's. I, I like his style, and I think that he is a plus EV, like you're saying. <laughs> he, he's he's like pretty much exactly our our style. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to like talk. Maybe we'll like have to. Maybe I'll play the devil's advocate, and I'll push back go, on go parlays. Figure. Go figure. I'll do I'll do some sort of uh, I'll I'll try to make parlays profitable, even though they're not. But. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun because it's uh, he's the one guy I think that like really matches up the most with like what we're doing too, right, Jake? Yeah, his style reminds me so much of yours and how he fades the market and he's looking for movements and lines and I, I love his style. Like he seems almost like a, a day trader for sports. Well, I've met people that remind me of me in parties before. And I can't stand him. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm going to love Michael Fiddle. He's going to be on next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think that's the show, guys. At some point, we're going to insert the mailbag with Matt because he had a lot of good stuff. Uh, we didn't put... I can cut this out. We we didn't put any of that in... We didn't put the mailbag anywhere in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> we didn't do the spotlight in. for the other yeah. fighter he's talking uh, about either. Spotlight. So, yeah. Matt with mailbag. <laughs> Um, No, thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Peace. Great. Thank you for having me. Later, fellas. Mm -hmm.